take 43. Mark? <laughs> that was not good. <laughs> not at all. Welcome to the Take 43 Podcast. We are on episode five. And today five. We have very much so five. Wow. Today we have a very special guest. But before we introduce him, I'm just curious on what happened to the first 42 takes. Okay. So um, I was on Reddit. I get, I get pretty distracted by Reddit. I was on Reddit. I think I might have got on this, like the wrong subreddit. And I think I might have seen a murder. Wow, I could see how that could take 42 takes. Yeah, it was a really long video. <laughs> it was really drawn out. I love Reddit, but sometimes Reddit's scary. Yeah, you know what? Like, there's, like, the nicest corners of Reddit. Like, aw, where you're just seeing, like, cute animals. Flowers. And then there's just, like, the most horrifying shit you can imagine. Dead flowers. <laughs> you're dead, right. Dead flowers. Yeah. <laughs> it is awful. Just carnage. Just petals everywhere. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, and I'm sorry that you got to sleep with on that tonight. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to watch the rest of it later, I think. <laughs> <laughs> So today on the Take 43 podcast, we have a very special guest that I'm super excited to announce, and uh, he's one of our really good friends. He is originally from Wyoming. He moved to Utah in 2004. He's worked with brands such as Keurig, Vega, Tom's, The North Face, and Dario. He's worked on films such as Snatchers, The Movie, and Kiss the Devil in the Dark. Our good friend and a hell of an audio engineer, BT Measles. Oh, Beats. Hey, guys. <laughs> What's, What's up, up buddy? BT? How are you doing, man? <laughs> thanks so much for having me on. This yeah, is, thanks for coming in. This is really awesome. I'm glad you're here, dude. Yeah. It's been a cool. minute, too. Last um, time, yeah. last time I saw you, we were uh, shooting we were Taste, doing of a Taste of Utah. Yeah, yeah for ABC, showcasing a bunch of uh, restaurants around town. It's been a ton of fun. Yeah, it's yeah. a really fun job. It's been good, and we're still shooting that, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think the last time I saw you, we were doing like a live video on the side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, always a challenge. That was was that for that Camp was Chef? A unique, that was Camp Chef. Yeah, yeah, that Camp was Chef. Camp Chef, and that was a very one of the more unique um problematic yeah jobs. it's interesting when you're trying to live stream from like a ski resort during the summer <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah, that, com- that comes with its own set of problems was that sure. snowbird? <laughs> snowbird or alta no it was um way up uh, by logan wasn't yeah it? cherry cherry oh Mountain? you were at cherry uh peak cherry peak yeah, yeah cherry, cherry peak. peak that's what it's called got it yeah yeah um Those cheese yeah. curds on the way home made oh man they got a yeah they had a great <laughs> okay. dairy up there like okay. with some amazing cheese curds great i wish we could have ended with food because now i'm hungry oh cheese curds. no that's good man i'm glad you're here. So today we're talking about cheese curds yes. on the podcast. <laughs> Fried, mozzarella, cheddar, pepper jack, oh, you name it, we've got it. Gosh. I am an expert. <laughs> he is an expert at cheese curds. <laughs> so so BT is, uh, he's known for his audio magic. In fact, he helped us uh, with the H6 here a little bit and kind of oh, helped dial us in a little bit more. And he confirmed what we were pretty sure were the front of the mics. Um, you know, we, we like to talk about movies a lot on here also. And I'm super curious because we've kind of gotten past like the, we're kind of in like the dead zone of like, you know, movies. You know, February, March timeframe is mm-hmm. kind of like when they, you know, put out the garbage movies, maybe, at least it used to be. Um, but we're past like, you know, the, the, the awards movie season so much. Like, what do you guys, BT, what, like, what movie are you excited about that's coming out? Um, here pretty soon, I want to face my fears and potentially see The Lodge. What okay. is, what's the lodge? I don't think I've heard of that. It's a kind of. It looks like a psychological horror movie, but it might be a ghost story. I don't know. The trailers don't give oh, away a lot, which that's cool. Kinda, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot too. And, is it an American um, movie? I believe so. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I remember seeing a trailer for it, but it was a while back. I'll so, have to check yeah. that out. Yeah. And Can we pause for five minutes while I watch? It? <laughs> we'll be right back. No, I'm just kidding. Um, wow, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Neat. No, I uh, I remember seeing a trailer for that, but I don't know if I can. I don't. I, I do want to see it. Does but, it look pretty scary? Yes. yes. Are yeah. you guys wimps? Yes. No, I just stay in a lot of log cabins in the snow oh. in the wintertime when, <laughs> so I, when I travel. really connects with you on a deep level. Yeah, then. I'm like, I don't like this anymore. For a huge majority of my life, I 
had a massive aversion to horror movies. Okay. Um, and for some reason, uh, getting into the film world and like being able to try and appreciate the movie magic that goes into horror movies has given me a lot more of an appreciation for it. So now I have been like eating horror movies up and I've been on kind of like a four year kick. That's great. Of like really trying to dig into horror movies. And I love like a lot of James Wan stuff. Oh, he's, oh he's, yeah. he's my favorite. Yeah. He's yeah. You know, Ari Oster's really coming up. Midsummer yeah, was Midsummer for sure. Was amazing. That dude, that, that dude was legitimately gives me nightmares. 2019. Yeah. yeah, that yeah was, dude. That, guy's, that guy's a freak. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love him. He's, he's awesome. I'm really excited to see where he goes. Cause that's like Same. a whole new brand of horror right it, just, it is it's, to, it's very different yeah. yeah have you like went back recently and watched like the original universal horror movies no oh, i haven't yeah like from ones. the 20s and 30s no oh it's great you are got, they really i totally yeah. i totally recommend doing it so i've watched dracula the mummy werewolf yeah um, and then i want to watch the invisible man because i i really want to go see right. the new invisible yeah. man so yeah. to answer your question aaron i i that's my movie that that's i want to see this week it looks pretty cool i've heard like heard it came out things. just past weekend like yeah. it uh from everything i've heard it sounds like he did a really really good job on it yep. that was the dude the dude that made it he did um was the last movie did was called Upgrade. Did okay. You guys see that? Yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, Upgrade I saw was in theaters. Wow. Bonkers. It was I cool. love that. Yeah, and he did like I think he did all the Insidious movies, and he wrote all like all the original Saw movies, I believe. Yeah, and yeah. I'm a huge fan of Blumhouse. So yeah, and it's yeah. A, yeah, the Blumhouse, Blumhouse. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's great. So I'm, that's my movie that I, I want to go see is The Invisible Man. But again, I would like to watch the original Universal one before I go see it. Yeah, yeah that, I get that. Because that that's really and they're phenomenal. saying that that's one of the first horror remakes that's actually like successful. Right. When mm-hmm. they, it seems like they they updated. I don't I don't want to say much. I, I haven't seen it either, but like from what I've seen they kind of updated it a little bit more of a, a kind of a modern situation that sounds like very interesting to me I, I, I like what I've heard about it about yeah what they a did. lot of uh, physical uh, trauma the, be- the best <laughs> genre movies are actually tackling like a different subject you know and so like I think it's really cool when they do stuff like for that for sure when, you know, they take a horror movie and like it's really about this you I, know it's like actually, sci-fi and westerns and stuff like that totally yeah. I actually listened to a podcast today with the writer on it um, I listened to the Boo Crew podcast it's by Bloody oh, yeah yeah the, the one I keep sending you that I haven't listened to no, yet no never <laughs> I keep on meaning to well I, I send you a lot of stuff and you don't watch it but it's fine I'm very uh, busy Drew uh, yeah right <laughs> Um, he, yeah, but you're right. He did the Invisible Man, uh, Saw, Insidious, and Upgrade. Right, and that was the guy who wrote it. And that's he's on there. So episode one 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 of the Boo Crew podcast, bloody disgusting presents. Nice. I've actually been thinking that I want to go back and just watch all the Saw movies because they're rebooting that also I, you're with right. Chris Rock. Yeah. And so I kind of just want to go back and, like, I and I've only seen like two that. of them. Wait, I have been wait, doing sorry, that lately. Let's let's go let's go back and then I want to hear your take on it. They're rebooting them with Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah Chris Rock not only is starring in it, I believe he wrote it. And executive produced it. Yeah. Like Chris Rock. Chris like Rock? Have you not seen this trailer? No. Oh, yeah. 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 I also think he uh, he's playing kind of like the Denzel in tr- uh, Training Day. Like kind of the hard, okay. the hard edge, like detective. Yeah, I think he might be, yeah, he's got he's got a partner with him. I know that, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be cool. Yeah, it looks interesting, though. Like, I'm, 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 like, I'm into the idea. Um, for yeah. Sure. No, I think it's cool. I, that's That just surprised me. I'm going to have to check out the trailer. So you're going to have to watch the Lodge trailer. Okay. And yeah. I'm going to have to watch the new Saw trailer. Yeah, yeah. And then BT, you can watch our reactions. I don't know. That's, and then that's, all three of us yeah. together can watch the Top Gun Maverick trailer. Because yeah. That, because that's, that's what you're stoked for. That's what I'm stoked for. Yeah. I mean, Top Gun, like I grew up like... I mean, I was just a kid when the first Top Gun came out. My dad bought the soundtrack on CD and cool. had like Kenny Loggins yeah, playing Zone. with the boys, Danger Zone. Yeah. yeah. And so like I loved the original Top Gun. And like honestly, when I first heard they were they were doing a sequel because it's a, like a full on sequel. Um, I was like, I don't know about this. But then they brought on this director. His name is Joseph Kaczynski. 
who he's done, uh, he's done some pretty good stuff. He did Tron Legacy, which, you know, has, has his ups and downs for sure. Um, he did this one called Oblivion, which is a super cool sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the soundtrack was by uh, M83, which is really, really rad. Great band. And then he did this other movie that I haven't actually seen um, called uh, Only the Brave. I haven't seen it, but everybody said it was really, really good. Cool. Um, and it's just, it's more human drama. It's like firefighters. Um, so like, so I'm super stoked about him doing uh, the Top Gun sequel. And yeah. I like that it looks like it has Goose's son in it, played by Miles Teller, who I mm-hmm. love. And the, I mean, it looks like they shot most of the uh, dogfighting stuff practically, it sounds like. Sure. Like this in-cockpit stuff. Like the tra- Have you seen the trailer? Yeah, absolutely. Or, yeah, it looks incredible. I'm not usually one that's optimistic about sequels, especially that like that that far down the road. Yeah, but, like, 20 I, or 30 I, years after the fact. Right. Yeah. But there's I, some like, nostalgia there for you, though. There's definitely some nostalgia, but I get the feeling that it might actually be a good movie on its own. Yeah. Which would be really, really cool. I'd, 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 I'd be really stoked. Well, and that. I remember mm-hmm. the, in, we went and saw that in IMAX and saw the trailer, and the sound was amazing sounding. Dude, the, the sound, I'll bet the sound design is going to be incredible incredible on it well and speaking of sound design that is why bt is here that's right so bt you mm-hmm. are the sound whiz you do a lot of post sound work you do sound on set when yeah I, when i first met you you were holding a boom over your head looked like you were yep. weightlifting throwing a gladiator <laughs> stick across the mountain yeah that's definitely how i got started in the sound world yeah just kind of on set doing it you kind of moved more into post stuff yeah but i moved into post stuff and then eventually i kind of specialized in in post and even within post now i have my own kind of specialties sure um, yeah and you get called for certain things yeah yeah well cool so so what made you want to get into the industry and and why audio because audio is a very niche part of the production world yeah um well i was a born and bred musician uh my whole life and when i met uh, my girlfriend at the time back in little podunk town wyoming um, she was finishing up her bachelor's degree in dance, and uh, I was a musician, and she got into screen dance. She really wanted to marry dance and film together and in order to avoid any kind of copyright licensing or anything, and she wanted it to be more of a custom like soundtrack. I started just for fun composing her scores. Cool. Oh, right on. And then when I came here... Um, we came we moved to salt lake city together because she got into the master's program at the u of u uh, for film specifically and then i just reached out and started composing film soundtracks for fun for all these like short little films and i did a really fun like live i composed a piece for a live concert for a dance professor that hired me um and it was like a 15 minute piece and it was like you know performed live it was a it was a ton of fun it was a really like rewarding experience but then we had in one of the u of u's classes we had the two guys from strawberry sound come and they are probably the biggest and best in the state as far as audio i've heard of them yeah big time so they're a duo jake proctor is the sound designer and re-recording mixer and uh chris duchette is the composer and my girlfriend just raised her hand out of nowhere and just said do you take internships? And they said, well, yeah, it's got to be the right fit. And we go through an interview process and stuff because there's a lot to learn. And, you know, it's, it's a very uh, dedicated field. Um, but yeah, well, you know, we're open to internships. And then I kept kind of composing and um, took a sound class at the U and loved it, but hated it at the same time. <laughs> right. Because what, 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 do we, what do you mean by that? Um, because I just couldn't help but think like there's got to be an easier way to do this and i'm not going to name names or like anything or like smack talk but this the second that i was out of that class i sold my car and i spent two thousand dollars from me selling my car on getting my own gear 
and I threw every single thing he taught me out of the door, and I taught myself on set through mistakes. Yep, and that's I just amazing. showed yeah. up, and I started taking so many gigs from like Facebook and Craigslist and stuff for free, and it was all these just like really not super great passion projects, but it let me learn a lot of what needed to what it needed to sound like and what I couldn't get away with and stuff like that. And then um, I did a short film for my girlfriend. It was one of her thesis films for her master's program. That was the first official film that I had ever done sound on. And I butchered it. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And then that kind of forced me into the post-production world because I recorded all this audio so terribly and then I had to go back and fix it. Oh, no. And that kind of got me like a small head start into the post-production world because I was just like, I I don't know. I don't know what to do. This this sounds awful. And I just got online and I was like denoising software and the industry standard Isotope RX just happened to be on sale. So I spent the last $1,500 from selling my car on this software (laughs) and I learned how to use it to fix my own audio because I had done such a terrible job. Well, and as like, your friend and someone who's worked with you and have you know has heard your work and has seen you on set, I congratulate you and applaud you. But as like your dad at the time, I would probably <laughs> yeah, be like, right. "What the heck are you doing?" Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean. So that's was, uh, that's like a big step, you know, and a big risk that you were willing to take. And clearly, it's paid off. Yeah, um, and, yeah. And it you, was uh, you've gotten into the, a position to where you wanted to be, and I think that that's that's kind of the name of the game, right? Like mm-hmm. sacrifice here just to see how it goes, and it's nice to be able to sit back a little bit in your chair and, and kind of be thankful for that opportunity yeah. and, and the thought that you did that. Yeah, and the fact that I recorded that audio so badly and kind of forced myself into buying the industry standard cleaning software nowadays because of that, that is hugely one of my specialties. That's still for sure one of the jobs that I still consistently get is dialogue editing. Sure. Yeah, you've helped me with with denoising things before yeah, in the past, just yeah. like randomly. You're like, yeah, I'll get rid of that air conditioner in the back, mm-hmm. you dumbass that didn't turn the air conditioner <laughs> yeah, off. <right. laughs> yeah, and like you can get real surgical with that stuff. So, um, cool. I that's a that's a very fun little technical skill that I learned the hard way, <laughs> but right. I, I'm really fortunate to have. Yeah. So okay. So you 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 went from you know you bought your own software. You're kind of like you sell your car. You're doing the the living on the ragged edge sort of thing. Like. When did you start getting like a paying job? What was kind of the first thing that got you into doing this like as like for a living? You know, um, there was because I had a foot in both worlds, production and post-production. There was two real big instances there was because I had that cleaning software. Um, Josh Oman reached out on Facebook and he said he was looking for an audio wizard to clean up some bad audio. And oh, I was yeah. like, hey, I'm an audio wizard. <laughs> That's me. maybe I can maybe I can do this. Um so I reached out to him and he sent me the files and I did what I could on them. Um, but they were, they were trash. They were terrible. I so, think, I think I actually worked on that project. That too. was a Hoover commercial. That, yep, That's what it was. <laughs> that was a, that was a big paying client and yep. they were very disappointed to have lost that audio. But yeah, it certainly yeah. sucked. I, it, oh, no, oh, that's a vacuum oh, joke. I like a vacuum it. Joke. <laughs> a little, that joke didn't a little suck. Vacuum that joke was before my, <laughs> yeah, no big deal. That was, uh, that was before I had obviously, had, had mm-hmm. came in and met you guys, yeah. but that was for the same firm, right? Yeah, yes. that, yep, that was still for uh, for expertise at the yeah. time. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so I reached out to him. I got the files. I cleaned them up. I sent them back, and I didn't hear anything. And I well, the audio must have been terrible. <laughs> if you yeah, hear anything. <laughs> yeah, and I, I didn't hear anything back from from Josh or Dave or anybody. And then um, this was at a time in my life where I had just spent all this money on my own gear and my own software and everything. And I, I wanted to 
transition full-time into doing this, but I kept hearing no's in the form of hearing nothing. Mm. And I just, Josh just hit me at a point where not hearing anything, like I officially kind of lost my patience with the whole, with the whole thing, just the whole, like I was, I was just really kind of tired of just not hearing any back. Cause I like, if it sucked, I can take feedback. Sure. But right. It, like, and I couldn't, I didn't know why I wasn't hearing back or if it wasn't good enough or like, Oh no, sorry, but thanks anyway. Like nothing. So I sent him, so I blasted it. I completely denoised it and sent him round two. And I was like, okay, now I sent you the first one, but now this one is like officially as good as it's going to get. And he finally emailed me back and he was like, well, we made the decision early on to just reshoot it, but I really appreciate your tenacity in this, like your, your stubbornness. Yeah, we were all pretty stoked at yeah, like, the, like, the length you went to yeah. like, right out of the gate. And that yeah. was, I guess that just impressed him just enough. He was like, we'd love to bring you in and talk about what other services you offer. And then that led a three-year really fun partnership with Experticity, sure. working yeah, with man. you guys and traveling all over the place and that was kind of my production side that was my production break and then um you know obviously word of mouth and everything that all the connections i made through you guys uh through experticity got me other jobs yeah um, that's just kind of how it works right oh yeah kinda yeah but that game. was like my one big break in in that world of uh and it was just a random facebook ad and i just that's so cool yeah you never know right yeah like, i mean there can be a lot of trepidation about like answering these kind of random job jobs that are out there but mm-hmm. and sometimes i mean sometimes they don't go well but then sometimes you get something that really like pays off so right. yeah it could be kind and of that a gamble was, that was one of them and uh it, so that was fun and then the other one was jake proctor from strawberry sound when i met those guys and then quite a bit after the fact like a year and a half after the fact he finally reached out to me and said hey um are you still looking for an uh, an internship and i said yeah um but i was kind of interested in potentially looking at both um composition and re-recording mixing and sound design and all that all that stuff the, the full the full gamut and then uh when i met up with those guys they said yeah that's that's not really how it works in the <laughs> in the big leagues, you know. Like not that there's not there's no such thing as like one guy that does all of that stuff. And mm. then I actually got to see firsthand the setup and the time and the process that Chris goes to make these really luscious award winning film soundtracks. And I was like, oh, that's what a film composer actually looks like oh, and wow. does. And it scared me scared me out of it honestly because i was just like whoa just i could not i couldn't keep up and i just didn't feel like worthy um not that sound design or mixing or anything is easy by any means but it just felt more accessible to me like i I felt like i could wrap my head around it a little bit well and to back up a little bit that first job that you did for expedicity for hoover uh, for the Hoover gig, that was a post-production gig, right? Yeah. So your first time on set, I think I remember the story, was at a gun range, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I yeah. remember this story. And I remember you, I mean, you can tell the story, but I remember there was some really funny, uh, some funny instances that yeah, happened there. Yeah, they, uh, they, yeah, Dave Moppert, who was the guest on your last episode, um, he he called me up and just said, hey, we got a, we got a job and, you know, show up at this time at this place. And I showed up and it was a gun range. <laughs> and I <laughs> easy, had easy never... Easy audio there. Yeah, my first ever professional paid gig was at a gun range. And we... Uh, I did my best, but I didn't... I f- 
fully felt like I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. And I went home and the first thing that I said to my girlfriend was like, well, that was fun while it lasted because there's <laughs> no way they're going to hire me ever again. <laughs> like that was absolute dog crap. And then uh, like a week later, I get a call and they're like, God, that audio sounded amazing, man. That <laughs> great job. How'd you do that? Blah, Those blah, blah. gunshots like, were kaboom. They yeah. were the bomb. And yeah, I dude. was, my jaw hit the floor. I was like, whoa, I had no idea. And, uh. Yeah, dude, that you was, crushed it. That was me. I was editing that. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this sounds like this sounds great. But how funny is that? You're on set like your first day with this group yeah. and you're freaking out because you're like, there's no way this is going to sound good. I yeah. am. You're going to get dialogue and gunshots yeah, this like, is, yeah. at the same yeah. time. You're hitting probably your limiter. It's just oh, exploding. Yeah. It's peaking out. And, and that's uh, that's and, when I learned the hard way what gain staging actually meant. Sure. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. What is, what is gain staging mean? So gain staging is basically setting your levels to what you want to hear. Um, Um, on set, I feel like it's a really common mistake to turn down anything that's really loud, but -hmm. that's what dialogue editing and post is for. You're supposed to turn all the obnoxious stuff out of the way or, um, clean it up or, or whatever. Like, uh, the, one of the worst culprits that I find a lot of the time in films is like dishes or if there's Mm -hmm. an eating scene, Okay, don't shy away from that because if you get the levels of the dishes clanking and stuff in a comfortable range then your voices are going to be way too quiet so crank it up and let it yeah the dishes and everything are going to sound like garbage but that's why you go through and you patch it all with room tone and you get rid of everything mm. that you can sure interesting can and you, you expl- foley it after the fact you use you have oh, fully yeah. do recreate all that in a right. way more controlled environment oh dude fully is cool like uh so so bt you did the the post mix on paper cutter on, yeah. our, on our last short film and uh we did some fully work in there yeah. and i like i have was to be great. honest i was really impressed with how good everything came out sounding but also just kind of your timing and Thank lining you. stuff up with yeah. like chair squeaks mm-hmm. and stuff like that i was i, I was watching i was like like that's super impressive impressive thank you um foley is a humongous passion of mine i absolutely geek out so much on on foley work i just i can see how it'd be like one of the more fun things you can do honestly and i love that both of my specialties dialogue editing and foley um i love that as far as movies are concerned they're kind of considered like an invisible art sure because you don't ever notice if if people notice it then you've done it wrong exactly right big time well since we're on that subject i remember us talking about foley and and, and I had known what it was, obviously, and there hadn't been many times in, in our commercial productions where I'd used it. But, you know, for the short films we've shot and, and the, the other films that we've done, you had explained to me on set that there was these tricks and tips. So, for, like, instance, rain is X or, yeah. or like, an ash coming getting smoked from a cigarette oh, is yeah. X. So, can, yeah. you, can you tell us some of those little fun, like, that's secrets? One of my, that's one of my... Um, personal favorites that I invented myself. A lot of the times I rip them off from other Foley artists or Foley <laughs> masters from, sure. from back in like the golden era um, where they were really forced to recreate all that stuff. And uh, like really fun instances of Foley come from the way old school like Looney Tunes commercial or uh, Looney Tunes shows because at the time they were making those, the recording equipment themselves were massive and really expensive and field recording gear was a thing of the future and nowadays if you want to if you want the sound of like nature you just go out and you record the sounds of nature and there's i mean 
billions of sound libraries out there that are just all nature or city or traffic or sure. desert or winds or whatever. Right. And you what can I go use out for and, the drone stuff. I, I'm oh, cheap, yeah. you know. Yeah. As you're over there making them and sweating, doing these uh, timed. <laughs> Drew's ripping them off. I'm, of I'm, <laughs> I'm not ripping them. I'm, I'm using epidemic sound. Oh, click, oh, click the link sound. in our bio. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> um, hit that button. Hit that button. Like, subscribe. No, but uh, keep going. I, that was That's really interesting. So, yeah, these, these old cartoons were a big pioneer in the world of sound design and Foley because they were forced to recreate weather sounds and explosions and thunder and lightning and all this stuff that you wouldn't be able to record back in the day. They were they had to recreate that in a studio setting. So that's where like the thunder sheet comes from. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's been in production for 100 years and they still use it all the time. Like in Wally, e um, when the rock... <laughs> When the rocket is taken off, yeah. that's a big thunder sheet. Still really? in the 21st okay. century, that's still getting thunder used. Thunder sheet, by know. the way, is the name of my metal band. That's mm. cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. BT years is a lot more interesting. Keep going. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a terrible no, band. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, I want you to tell the listeners about some of those those tricks. So, yeah. for instance, like the, the rain was and then the cigarette ash was, if you yeah, want to share that. For sure. So rain uh, can most often be uh, bacon sizzling. Okay. Oh. Because like a real heavy rainfall, if it's captured the incorrectly, it will just sound like white noise. It just sounds like static. That makes sense, yeah. Um, because it's just, like, just so much. There's of it just and... so much sound, yeah. and you know, audio waves in a physical sense are just hitting you at such a rapid pace that you can't differentiate all the little individual raindrops. And bacon sizzling is a really nice, quiet way to get those individual little pops and clicks and stuff huh. like that. So it's a it's so a cool. lot it's That's a lot so more cool. about the nuance. That's really cool, yeah. And it's a lot more about proximity. Getting close, getting up, up close and right. Because you get those pops and cracks those. like nice up and close without it being too loud mm-hmm. or sounding like static because yeah. yeah. there's too much. And then my own personal favorite was the cigarette burn on when like people take a drag off of a cigarette. Uh, I just absolutely cranked the gain on my microphones and uh, just ran my fingers through my beard. <laughs> Whoa! And that kind of crinkly. <laughs> But like, <laughs> that know, is so cool. That's, that's wild. Yeah. So, and I, you know, that was Warner Brothers. I got <laughs> nice work. I got the thumbs up from that. Really? I had, what I had to for I was like, all right, I'm just going to like sneak this in here and see if I can pull this off and like see if anyone catches it. Uh, that's and sure sick. enough, my, uh, my boss, Jake Proctor, he was like, dude, that cigarette sounds amazing. How did you do that? And I was like, well, funny you should ask. <laughs> That's actually my beard. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for thank you for keeping that grown out. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he uh, he also said, oh, that's cool. I, I totally have a toilet flushing in one of the monster sound effects. And I was like, OK, well, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> sound design knows no bounds. <laughs> that's so cool. Sure. Like, what well, makes me think about like, um, you know, one of my first movies I loved was Star Wars. And I remember watching the behind the scenes documentaries oh. of how they I mean, the, the sound design they did in that was like God. on a completely different level sure. than it ever been you know oh, like the yeah. with you know the the guns being like they the blasters the, yeah the blasters they were the uh the um contact mic on a slinky yeah uh-huh. oh, was that what it was no yep. it, it was a, oh, i thought it was on like the was a wire like guide, on a guide wire suspension bridge i thought it was like a guide wire home. from a bridge yeah or like, or like a pole yeah like a guide wire that comes down that's what it's i like heard it was gang. yeah like a blaster and then i think what you're thinking of is the uh is lightsaber Oh, the lightsaber oh. was a super long shotgun mic um, being waved because it's so directional. It was 
being waved in front of an amp whoa, that was whoa. so it's just the, like feedback yeah so wild so they had so that cool. like low hum buzz and they would like swipe this super directional mic in front of it to get that sweeping effect that's really cool um, that's ben so Burt, cool. man yeah he's he's for sure one of the godfathers yeah, yeah, so who are some of the people that you look up to in this industry? Because it is such a uh, niche industry, niche, yeah. niche, um, whatever you'd like niche, to say. Niche, so it depends where you're from. Niche. Yeah. <laughs> niche. <laughs> from Idaho, we say niche. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a redneck, too. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. I, I try and pay attention to a lot of uh, Foley guys, just Foley crews in general. Um, one of the Foley artists from Game of Thrones... Oh. Just one, I think her second or third, either Emmy, probably, probably Emmy, probably Emmy yeah. yeah, for Game of Thrones, um, for her Foley work. She's she's a phenomenal artist, That's and cool. uh, so I follow a lot of those guys. One of my heroes is doing what I kind of want to do, which is his name is Watson Wu, and video games and sometimes movies, but a lot of video game companies will not want to compile these databases of all these sound libraries right for all these specific sounds they want them to be custom they want them to be something that's never been heard before so they'll hire this watson woo guy to go out and get these custom sound effect packages and that way everything is in one spot everything's custom recorded they don't have to mess with copyright laws or anything like that and he gets to do what the dream of like what a lot of people want to do which is like Go out to gun ranges and shoot vehicle mounted different 50 cool cows. Yeah, and he gets awesome. to go to junkyards and like crash cars into each other for eight hours. That a day and sounds like that does sound pretty. It thought sounds our, awesome. Thought, <laughs> yes, it does. Thought our job was cool. Yeah, so like he gets hired for a lot of video games. He just got done doing like all the guns and driving and engine noises and stuff for Borderlands Three, which is a really oh, big wow. one. He's done the last like three or four Call of Duties. Wow, all the gun sounds and Very stuff cool. like that. Yeah, that's he no just, joke. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's so he's he's doing kind of a, a lot of this stuff, and it's it's fun because yeah, it sounds beefy and yeah, it sounds good and cool and everything. But with modern technology, that's actually not super difficult to do. Sure, We've got some good. What is difficult yeah. is knowing how to implement it or knowing how it's going to be used because right. anyone can put a microphone up to anything and record it. Right, but getting the different perspectives and the different angles and knowing how this microphone is going to sound different than this microphone. And this one has like a little warmer tone and this one has better high end and getting it from all these different angles. And there's, there's a lot more of like this kind of technical perspective and a little bit more of this kind of real world artistry, I guess, that gets put into some sure. of this stuff well, that makes I sense. really it's like, like. Yeah, so, sure. I mean, it's like it's like picking a camera, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, a lot of people, they can, everybody has a phone these days with a little camera on it, they can point yeah. anything, get anything, <laughs> but like, it kind of matters, like, what you want it for, right? So, so in that regard, like, what what's some of your favorite equipment that you use? I'm a Zoom guy. Oh, that's and what I'm recording this on. Yeah. yeah Zoom, Zoom. I, love, I love Zoom, and I love Rode. And I love both of them because um, this is the day and age where they're making really phenomenal equipment for a lot cheaper. Right. And it's a lot more accessible. And I like that so very much because I like Rode because their customer service and everything is amazing. Their products are amazing. But I specifically wanted to use Rode because I got into a bit of an altercation uh, altercation oh. with who? on Sen- Facebook. Sennheiser? Oh, okay. So not like a fight. <laughs> no, no, I'm a huge punch. Sennheiser fanboy also, but yeah, um, yeah, love, love Sennheiser. I love, there's not really any specific audio companies that I don't like, but I just like road the most because this guy was like, 
it started this kid was like, I'm getting out of college and I want to start doing sound work. What do I buy as like a starter kit? And I said, well, this is what I bought. I got a Zoom F8 and a Rode NTG4. And that's still, I made a living off of those two things are like the, you know, the, the staple, the absolute foundation of what I, what I made a living doing. I mean, I was able to fully quit my day job and pay the bills with just those two and it didn't cost a lot of money. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy pipes up and he was like, well, I've been doing film work for 20 years and my son gets paid $1,500 a day doing commercials in California and blah, blah, blah. And he starts name dropping and all this. And he was like, if you showed up to my film set with Rode microphones, I'd kick you out the second that you set foot on set. Wow. And I was like, okay, well, that's a whole bunch of crap because I can tell you right (laughs) now, I recorded fully for Warner Brothers and no one asked me what mics I was using, right? right. And it was all the output, right? Yeah, it's yeah. all how it sounds, man. That's it's just, amazing. So that's why I really believe in Rode and mm-hmm. Zoom's visions because they're bringing that professional sound quality into like more accessibility. That's awesome. Well, that, also, like, I mean, he's talking about his film set and working in Hollywood. Like, not everybody can just like grab that kind of equipment. Oh, you yeah, know? right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, know? even renting that stuff. So like, to, and to belittle somebody for that is bullshit right honestly like like, you know everybody's trying to do their thing like you're you're getting started you're Mm -hmm. you know buying the equipment you can and trying to make the best with it like he should be doing the opposite he should be saying like that's awesome when you can when you can get more maybe here's the type of stuff you should try next if you like that yeah yeah but also you can be totally agree but you can be loyal to a brand though as well and Mm -hmm. to your point we talked with road at cinegear and those guys were awesome they were that's right in fact he fixed my shotgun mic for me the day of like for free like yeah in the booth you know yeah i was hoping that he would just give me a brand new one not a big deal but yeah, <laughs> they did that for me. Yeah, I know. And uh, that's but that's the kind of stuff that they'll do, you know. Yeah, and, and that's yeah, they were super. Really cool. You're right. Yeah, I remember yeah. how cool they were. Yeah, absolutely. So with all the gear talk and and everything, we talked a little bit about uh, you know that first gig where you thought you had made a big mistake. <laughs> what oh, are yeah. some of the obstacles and difficulties that you've had along the way? I mean, this isn't an easy job. It's very tedious. Yeah, um, I considered myself a people person but specifically getting hand literally hands-on and personal with people was a little bit uncomfortable at first oh like like wiring people up yeah specifically with lav lav mics mics, if you're trying to hide the lav mic and avoid clothing noise and all that stuff and it can get way uncomfortable so staying absolutely professional and mature in situations like that is like a must but trying to make them feel comfortable about it because in the commercial world you're dealing more often than not with real people and like if you if you tell an actress like a trained actress like hey I'm here to lav you up she's like oh yeah sure whatever and like right. she'll just take her shirt off and it's right. like easy sure frankly right <laughs> like yeah. dealing with I've... these real people um, oh and then I was in Vancouver <laughs> and I that was the first and only time I ever taped a girl's hair oh is this for Vega yeah oh I remember oh, that I was so embarrassed oh, not cool man oh, you taped not her hair cool. I taped her hair I was taking her lav mic off. <laughs> and I got her hair on like as it was coming out of her shirt oh. and like she was so cool about it but she could have been so easily not cool about it was that at the, it, was, it was at the table scene right yeah the, the talking or whatever yeah. that they were doing and I think the table. it probably wouldn't have been a big deal if I I personally would have just been like oh my god I'm so sorry like I got tape in your hair like 
But I was the one that was like so embarrassed about it. Right. I was like, oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe Just screams I did in front of everybody. Uh, you know, so I like made a scene and she was like, it's no big deal. Just rip it out, whatever. But like if you're dealing with like a CEO of a company and she's rocking like a $2,000 right. haircut. Right. You know, sure. like, or, if you, or if you pull out an extension on accident or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, that'd be, that'd be oh pretty bad. God. But as far as technical stuff. Uh, it was a lot of levels and gain staging and like learning about uh, what sounded good in post and what sounded good after the fact and what was right. acceptable noise levels. There was even once, and I still to this day teach my students, that unfortunately, even though it is audio and you have to be really intensely listening what you're recording, you also have to use your eyes and you have to watch your meters because there was way too many times where I'm like, hmm, that's quiet. And I turned my headphones up right. instead of the mic sure, oh. because I thought the mic was loud enough, but I couldn't hear what was going you on. You weren't looking at your levels. Mm -hmm. You were just listening. Mm -hmm. So then I get it into post and I turn everything up. And when you turn it up in post, you turn everything Your noise up. floor comes yep. up. Your, so yeah. So your noise floor and everything just gets beefed. And that's beefed. where... I beefed totally up. beefed. Totally beefed. beefed. We've got the beef. <laughs> um, so that's when I started adopting the kind of motto that it's always so much easier to turn it down than it is to turn it up. Oh, that's, word. That's and, cool. Yeah. Um, in post specifically, it's way, way easier to turn everything down than okay. it is to turn everything up because turning everything up usually gets really dicey, really, really quick. I'll bet. Yeah. That's that's awesome. That's good advice. Um, yeah, that's also the name of my hip hop song. <laughs> what's, what's that? Uh, is better to turn it down than turn it up? Yeah. That's <laughs> that's a, <laughs> that was a hit. Yeah. That song, yeah. That song has yeah. more <laughs> listens than our podcast <laughs> on iTunes. It does back in the early 2000s it, when I did that. Such a hit. Yeah. And that was why you started the T Pain Appreciation Podcast. Podcast. All right, featuring Guy Fieri. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I ran into wow. him a couple weeks ago. Oh, was at it spicy? C <laughs> yeah, his hair poked my eye out. No, I was at CES and I walked right by him. I was like, "You smell like brute." Uh, I'm not. He look. He looks like he smells like brute. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, "Is his neck looking at me?" I'm not sure. What are your glasses doing there? Nice guy though. Nice guy. Oh yeah, great, nice. great guy for sure. BT, you, uh, you talked about you teach your students, so you teach audio. Yeah, you teach audio. I didn't know that. Um, yes. So uh, my girlfriend at the time got a job right up out of her master's degree at the film studies at the University of Utah, teaching at the University of Utah South Asia campus over in Korea. Okay. Oh. So south or north? Uh, fortunately, <laughs> north. No, just kidding. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> nice lady, though. Nice lady. <laughs> No, it's uh, so she teaches outside of Seoul in a little town called Incheon, and there's no such thing as little towns over there, but that's a lie. So she teaches in uh, just outside of Seoul at the University of Utah South Asia campus, and uh, I go over there generally about twice a year to mm -hmm. do guest lectures uh, because I was I started out as her composer and then kind of morphed into her sound guy. Eventually, oh, right, she right. learned everything she needed to know about filmmaking except sound because she never had to worry about it because you, you had that i was control. always her sound guy right. yeah so she always relied on me to like teach it because she was so afraid of teaching misinformation or bad advice or whatever so yeah i go um i go do guest lectures over in korea twice uh, a year that's awesome yeah it's yeah. a blast koreans yeah. are a lovely bunch of people i absolutely love korea um i love their movies yeah yeah, yeah. they make great movies <laughs> yeah. they got a really phenomenal movie and you know what's crazy about their their movie scene over there is that it's so 
far away from Hollywood, like literally. Right. Yeah. Um, so she knew the CEO of a big theater chain over there. And she reached out to him and said, hey, do you know anyone in the film world that would be willing to come do these Q&A sessions with these kids? And he said, yeah, let me reach out. I'll just kind of put some feelers out there. And uh, a couple people answered him back. And yeah, they set up a Q&A session. And she'd never heard of these people, just thinking that they were kind of in in the film industry. And then she IMDb'd these people and come to find out it was like the Korean version of David Lynch and the Korean version of Brad Pitt and like the Korean version of Steven Spielberg, like the biggest of the big. Holy smokes. Yeah. And uh, they just like were super down to come just talk film with these college students for a couple hours. That's That's amazing. And that would never happen here because we hold... We their their celebrities are way different than our celebrities right. over there, right? So it's it's awesome that they have access to that, and that um, like some of the biggest directors and actors would be potentially be walking down the street right. and wouldn't get any kind of attention. Yeah, over sure. There. Can, it, can you get BTS to come on our podcast? <laughs> Aaron has. <laughs> a very, are you sure you want BTS on your podcast? <laughs> I, I have a, a little uh, infatuation with BTS for some reason. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Aaron loves BTS. You know, I literally last week I was showing you and Leah like uh, I showed you like three of their music videos in a row. Yeah, yeah, and I love Parasite the movie. So oh, incredible oh. movie, yeah. incredible movie. Yeah. So okay, so we've gotten through kind of like you know where you came from, uh, how you got started in this, kind of some of some of what you do. Uh, how's how's BT's career these days? What's it looking like? Are you happy with it? I am. However, I need to admit that I don't do it full-time anymore oh well. i do it part-time uh i fell back onto an old trade of mine that catches a lot of my film friends off guard which is uh i'm back to being a butcher right and that's what that's what you're doing when we first met you right yes yeah i was a butcher when you first met me and i was miserable at that job oh. and then uh, i used every excuse i could to get out of it and when i started getting paid gigs through you guys and experticity right. um i used the opportunity to take a demotion because I was a manager, I was management. I was kind of oh. climbing the ladder, if you want to say the, the old meat ladder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <Yikes>. gross. <laughs> my man, my man, <laughs> my man. So I was like, I thought that that's I was just going to do it for fun, and I was climbing the corporate ladder, and I was just I was really miserable. So I took a demotion and went to film school. Oh, and then actually ended up also quitting film school because my freelance career took off so fast. Well, at least you're consistent. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, my freelance career took off so fast that I I was like failing classes because I was right. with experticity traveling right. to like we were going to Boston and Vancouver and California. At one point, we were going to California like once a week. Yeah. Oh for yeah, like, right. one two three days. How, at how a time. fun it was that? Awesome. So cool. So fun. Oh, yeah. It was such a dream come true to just like make. Just hang with you guys in the film right, world. Right, just hang out know, on set, travel, and do cool audio. We made, and like, we yeah. made good. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and toot our our own horns, but beat beat. But like, we made some pretty cool content. Yeah, yeah. we made Absolutely. some really fun yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, we made some stuff that I'm super proud of. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, so I I did Snatchers, and that was a dream come true. And that was all of 2018. I think Snatchers took literally all of it 2018. And now Snatchers. So we haven't talked about Snatchers yet, right? No, we haven't. Um, so Snatchers, it has kind of an interesting road to where it is now. Mm-hmm. It started out as a TV show, right? Kind of, yeah. It was uh, it was a web series. Oh, okay. It was a little miniature web series for, I can't even remember the name of the, the website that it originally streamed on went out of business, but it was basically Verizon's attempt at making like their own Hulu. Oh, okay. 
season one was so on there. Like nobody saw it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unfortunately, not a lot of people saw it. So season one was on there, and then um, they had shot season two, and we were given season two, and the directors were really pushing hard at the time that we were in post-production for season two to make it into a film. And they got the go-ahead from Warner Brothers. So cool. Um, to cut out all of the you know opening credits, closing credits, smash everything together into a feature-length film. Awesome. And then we redid some of the post-production work on that in order to make it sound consistent from season one to season sure, two. Sure, sure, that makes sense. And it went to South by Southwest. It went to a couple of European film festivals. So cool. That's dude. amazing. Yeah. It just got released in uh, Target. So it did go, I mean, straight yeah. to... Yeah, how was that? I wanted, that to, I wanted to mention that because like, I saw your Instagram post and it's you holding up, you know, your own work yeah. that you bought on, I think it was Blu-ray. Uh-huh. And yeah, I bought it on Blu-ray and that, it was cool, man. such a trip to go into Target and see a movie that I have my name in the credits above Terminator Dark Fate. What? You know That's what incredible. I mean? <laughs> like, That's right. so dope, dude. Alphabetically, it was sitting right there next to a Schwarzenegger movie. That's it was awesome. so crazy. That's incredible, dude. Yeah. That's as good a, as it gets, man. It really was. Um it, it was it was a dream come true. That was that was so cool. And I had such a loving and passionate but t- tiny, I mean really logistically, you know, it, it takes a village to to, oh, to make a film. Absolutely. So, I don't feel like my part in that was insignificant by any means, but um, I still, I just felt so proud, you know, of like the whole team. I don't think there are any insignificant parts, really. Yeah, it's it's all about making up the whole. Yeah, and it was cool because even though we were like working for Warner Brothers and this big like executive, you know, studio and stuff, um, I knew all the producers. I knew the executive producer. I knew the directors. I was like, you know, really tight with the directors and it just went all the way down. I was really tight with... um, quite a bit of the cast members and stuff. So it felt more like an independent film. Well, yeah. And I, I just, I know how hard you worked on that because we would need you on mm-hmm. set yeah. for some branded content or things like that. Or even at one point, our, a short film that we were yeah. shooting. Oh yeah. And you had to do the, you did the post work oh, on it, man. but you couldn't do we on were, set work because yeah. you were slim. Yeah. yeah. We were, I mean, co- pretty consistent, like 14, 16 hour days, seven days a week in order to meet that deadline. It Yikes. was, it was tight. And it's, but that's incredible. And that's yeah. just such a good feeling. Well, and you look, yeah, you look back on stuff like that you're like remember how cool that was how we spent like 14 hours a day just getting this cranked out and yeah. you, you made this thing and you're like super proud of it and like all the like all the overtime extra hard work like feels cool when you're done with it yeah you're like i right. busted my ass on this yeah and we made yeah. this because and of it. nothing is so amazing as to actually see the see the final product well and so cool again you working your your ass off on this thing do you think that the outside person underestimates you know, fully and, oh, and just audio, audio in yeah. general. Just audio yeah. in general. Because a lot of times people think that, you know, they don't know about the audio guy or they see the guy holding the boom and they think it's like a C job. And that's extremely, you know what I mean? And yeah. It's extremely yeah. important. A lot of times people just think you throw a mic on your camera, you know? Yeah. Right. And, and that's just not the case. Do you feel as an audio engineer and as an audio tech that it's underestimated? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think good directors know how important sound is. And they will let the sound guy go out of their way to in order to accomplish that. Because one thing I learned, especially with onset sound, is that I kind of eventually viewed it as black or white. It's not artistic. It's a skill. Sure. And you either get it or you don't. It either sounds good and, and clean or it doesn't. 
and yeah. I I teach that to my students too constantly. It's just like you 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 have to fight and do absolutely everything you can, and do not settle, and just think oh oh it's not too big of a deal, or like right, or like yeah it's a little noisy, but yeah like or or don't don't ever think like oh we'll just ADR it. Sure, right. you know, the, fix yeah. it, the dreaded fix it in post, right? Fix it in yeah. post, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, that was a that was another big one that I ran into is because I kind of at one point had a little bit of an ego about the fact, like, oh yeah, it's noisy, but I'm also the post guy on this, so I'm recording it on set, but I'm also the post, and right. I, I can take care of that. It's nothing that I can't, you know, it's nothing I can't handle. So I'll just denoise it in post. Right, <laughs> right. I've been there. I've been there, like shooting on set, and being mm-hmm. like, like, oh, I'm I'm gonna be the editor on this. Like, oh, I'm sure I can make that transition. Work. <laughs> right. like, I mean, in like ninety five percent of the time, I can. <laughs> yeah, and then there's there's definitely sometimes where it's like, oh god, that's way noisier than I remember. Yeah, that oh, being on I, set. <laughs> I thought that was gonna be fine. Yeah, that's that's this definitely is not fine. Not fine. <laughs> that's um, so that, funny. That sounds terrible. Uh, but fortunately, that was a very short lived part of of, of my right. total career. You know what? That, <laughs> I learned. You 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 go through that in in every career. You like you make the mistakes. Your hubris gets up, and then you learn that you should not have had that hubris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like it's it's all part of the learning process. And I'm sure you're better because of it. Of course. Yeah, I, I agree. It's um, and we have the kind of the running joke in between Jake and I, Jake Proctor, my my sound boss and mentor, sound boss. <laughs> uh, my sound boss and mentor. He he always says that uh, doing fully specifically in the independent film world is really hard because most of the time you have to actually explain to these independent directors what a Foley artist is or what Foley is because they, don't, real? they right. don't know most of the time. Like they don't know what it is, let alone how important it is. I showed uh, you remember uh, a great big story on YouTube. Those great, yeah. those great big stories. Yeah, those, those are awesome. They're, they're awesome. Yeah. And I and I highly suggest checking those out on YouTube. There's a there's one specifically on Foley, and it's mm-hmm. about five to six minutes long. I'm sure you've seen it. I showed my brother and my sister in law that, and I went home in December, and we, we were talking about you know work and things, and she goes, you know, every time I watch a movie now, I all I think about is the yes. guy walking on gravel, <laughs> yeah. or, or and I, and I told him about you know your beard scratch thing because I thought that was so fun. Yeah. And to build off of that, it might be a little underrated and people might not realize it, but the people who do understand it, once they do, they appreciate it extremely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you learn? Like the sausage of like how the sausage is made with movies. Like it's, well, that's the same. Sausage? I see, how, I see how you're looking at me. Yeah. Like when you say, you know, you don't want to know how that's the sausage is made. <laughs> yeah. You're a butcher. BT, you get that, right? I do. Aaron loves sausage. <laughs> Thank you. I guess he, but he you cornered me there. No. I, I have to agree with it him felt now. Like, it felt like a good opportunity. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's it's amazing when uh, when people that don't know how movies are made, once they start to get clued in on how stuff is done, it starts to, like, like erode the... Um, the Sausage. The sausage. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They can start to see the parts of it rather than no. the whole, you know. And I like, completely understand. Yeah, you. yeah, no. so. that's great, man. Thanks. <laughs> and same with the. Um... <laughs> oh man. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so BT, what's next, buddy? What's next for your career? What's next for you? Do you have any projects you're looking forward to? I mean, currently we're on uh, ABC's Taste of Utah, but what's what's yeah, going on? That's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm hoping, I don't know if the news thing is going to go anywhere, but if it did, I wouldn't fight it. I think that would be kind of an interesting little... Uh, What's the news thing? Just the fact that we're making these little segments for ABC Utah, and then I reached out to the editor to ask if I could get my hands on the post work. Sure, And um, he said, 
basically no, <laughs> because <laughs> because news is just such an outrageously tight deadline. He said he yeah, was getting really is. sometimes he's getting final approval maybe two hours before it airs. Yeah, I mean, Ad- way way tight. So Adam's really cool. Yeah, Adam like, uh, Moffat. Adam Moffat. Shout out Adam Moffat. Yeah, we're gonna have him on. Yeah, yeah. and he didn't say it in a disrespectful way by no. any means. He was a really cool. He was really cool about it. He was just like, oh, I would love to, but like, and so I'm like, right. now I'm kind of wondering like. That might be a fun challenge. Okay. Um, <clears throat> a little speed editing, a little speed yeah, editing. Yeah, news is something different. I mean, that's where, I mean, ABC4 is where I started. That was like my first, like, what I consider like real production job. Or as an editor mm-hmm. was was it as ABC4 in the news department. And news is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. But I learned, because you, you learn so much mm-hmm. so fast. And it's, it's really, it's an experience, but it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I would do with it. Honestly, my goal my real goal is um, to kind of do what I mentioned, one of my heroes, Watson Wu, kind of what he's doing. Um, right now, my number one favorite toy is a Zoom H3 VR. And it's this, I can geek out about it all day long, but it's this tiny little cone-shaped microphone that records in a 360-degree field. And it's made for VR. Sure. So if you pair it with a 360-degree camera and you just point the audio north and marry it to the audio in the video, then it like if you're wearing a headset and you turn your head left, the audio will pan left. That's so cool. Yeah. Or if you look up, it'll pan up. And this technology has, or I guess the, the algorithm in order to get the microphone array to work in a 360-degree field without phasing issues has been around for a really long time. But just now with the introduction of virtual reality, is it becoming a lot more user friendly sure so i've been recording a bunch of sound effects and i have some super juicy stuff that i recorded over in south korea and it's all in this vr format so it's all ready to get like dropped into surround sound ambiances and stuff like that it's really really exciting technology and people are jumping on this really quickly but my boss jake again um, he said one thing that he really needs in those recordings are the full 360-degree surround sound, but with spot mics. Because he's like, oh. do you have any idea how powerful it would be to have just the sound of a room with the clock ticking and the faucet dripping and the heater going? Yeah, and the, you could really create a real, a real environment with that, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, he's like, right now, it's so easy to get these recordings of that room. But what I can't do is turn up just the clock or sure. just oh, the faucet dripping because yeah, right, right. it's just recording everything. Yeah, because it's recording yeah. everything at the same level. So would oh, that require awesome. two mics? That would require an insane amount of mics. It's like, <laughs> the, it's like the bullet time with mics. Yeah, I was yeah. Think, I was thinking yeah. maybe the v, the 360 mic and then like a directional below it. And then yeah. that stays pointed there, but mm-hmm. then again, you're limited mm-hmm. to your clock ticking. So it just it would require a lot of post, I'm sure, too. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what I would love to get into. Like, I I want to go to Antarctica and record a bunch of stuff down there, and I want to go to like some of these remote. Like, I kind of want to be like an adventure recordist, sure, because there's a swashbuckler. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> traveling the world in your, your pirate ship, of audio yeah. engineer. <laughs> Ahoy! Ahoy, <laughs> Ahoy, it's me, the BT. Prepare to be boarded and recorded. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. My man. My yeah. man. So uh, that's all awesome. Um, we, we, we really like to kind of leave our listeners with, with a, a piece of advice. What, what kind of advice do you have for people that are looking to get in the industry or are already in the industry? What's something that's really ring true to you? 
for me, uh, I'd say don't settle. Be very proactive. Hindsight is always twenty twenty to me, and I love learning from my mistakes. So don't be afraid to make mistakes, but don't regret them. Make absolutely sure that you always take away something from them, um, like what not to do next time. Sure, <laughs> you know that's great advice. Um, that's the only way that I ever was able to hone my craft. I didn't have anyone showing me the ropes on this stuff, and there's a lot of information on there that is on YouTube. But I can guarantee it's only the tip of the iceberg for sure. So yeah. don't rely on tutorials or anything like that free advice online don't don't listen to what some stranger on reddit is telling you you know sure. like, oh, no. really <laughs> <laughs> i've done some terrible things <laughs> based on the advice based of on reddit, advice from reddit yeah crap. oh no and I, and I think online advice is okay to an extent but i think as you're saying until you get out there yeah and really experience yeah. it and that's, learn from your mistakes that's my biggest thing is that there was just so much that i had to learn myself and when i did learn it it just continuously made me better and in the post-production world in the production world there was just a there was a lot of stuff that i still continue to learn awesome um you know you'll never you'll never be a master so says you yeah <laughs> honestly man i can't tell you how awesome it is to hear you talk about your work almost every time that we do hang out we're on set so you're recording and, and i'm recording and aaron's editing in another room or, or with us but it's so cool to hear you talk about your experience yeah. it's so cool to talk hear you talk about your examples and um you've got big things up your sleeve man and yeah, don't, Thanks. you know, don't underestimate, you know, your work, but also, you know, don't underestimate yourself. You're you're pushing the bar for a lot of this stuff and and it's really cool to hear you talk technicality and things with yeah, audio. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, you've done Thanks. some incredible stuff for us and like, I mean, I'm I'm consistently impressed with the work you've done for us. So, Thanks. Yeah, so yeah, never underestimate underestimate yourself. Yeah. Um well, this is the Take 43 podcast. That was episode 5 featuring BT Measles. Sick. Uh, we did it. That was Thanks that for was, coming in, man. That was actually yeah, really was cool. way fun. I could Thanks, hear you guys. talk for yeah, another man. like six uh, hours. Well, I, I was like, how silky smooth your voice is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's great. It sounds like I have a constant nose infection. No, it's you've got the expensive <laughs> mic, BT. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Oh, yeah. yeah give, the, give the audio guy the expensive <laughs> mic for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, I really just I appreciate you bringing me into your studio. It's a garage. Um, it's, it's a studio. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.